this uh, seeing questions as a tool to unlock your own curiosity. You know, I'm curious, I want to know. There's no such thing as a stupid question, right? There might be a stupid answer, but usually stupid questions give give clever answers. Without asking things, you will have no success. Your success relies on your relation with other people. So I think definitely different cultures will have different expectations, and this is about how we present, how we persuade, how we give feedback. Welcome to People Tech and Other Weirdness, the not so serious soft serve podcast. Here we collect stories from our people about their roles and rules, game changing decisions, wins, walls, and falls. You'll hear about technologies from those who create them. Let's see who we have on today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode in our series of uh, People, Tech and Other Weirdness. And in this short series of a few episodes, I'll be chatting to um, some of our employees um, who actually either have some interesting cultural stories to tell. They come perhaps from different cultural backgrounds and we can definitely learn something from them. My name is Kuba Kampinski. I'm a communication consultant uh, working for SoftServe who helps teams and projects connect better with their clients and each other. Today, I'm joined by Martin Graber, who is our enterprise solution principal, originally from, from Germany. And we'll talk about lessons learned from a 25-year-old consulting career and how important curiosity is as far as cultural awareness is concerned. Hi, Martin. How are you doing? Uh, hi, Kuba. Nice to meet you. I'm doing great today. Happy to be here and have this interesting conversation with you. Great. Martin, I have to start with a quick you know, compliment. Uh, it doesn't happen to me often that people who take part in my courses take advice you know, deep to their heart and buy books I recommend, read them, and then have conversations with me on them. I'm talking obviously about Aaron Mayer and the culture map. So um, I, I, I guess it was an interesting read for you. Yes, uh, culture always fascinated me through my life. And uh, I attended this workshop just uh, to get uh, in contact with people uh, in the company, because as we are a big company, uh, it's uh, hard in the beginning to create your network and to meet different people. So, okay, this is a good uh, opportunity to get in touch with people you're not directly work-related or you might be later. So build up your network. And uh, this book, uh, The Culture Map, I thought, oh, that's interesting. I can prove some of the theories <laughs> you explained and maybe learn something uh, in my context. and. Uh, as you know, uh, I'm married uh, to an American, so I have a culture clash or cultural differences in my private life daily. So that's that were some of the reasons to go for that. Thank you, and I just did a work. Martin, you work for SoftSurf, and your job title is you're an enterprise solution principal. Um, what does that actually mean? Yeah, what does it mean? Uh, we, we are solution architects and uh, we give uh, advice on the digital journey to customers and also ad advice uh, on uh, architecture and uh, solution patterns within the company. So Martin, as a, as an introduction to this podcast, I will ask you a series, I will ask you three 
I, th I hope they will be easy questions. And these are the so-called preference questions. You know, kids love playing these games. What do you like more, you know, dogs or cats? I have three questions like that. So Martin, what's your preference? Um, working from home or driving to work? I would say uh, it, it depends. Uh, basically, uh, I commuted a lot in my life for over 25 years. So uh, with a pandemic, when the, the massive working from home started, I enjoyed it a lot. But uh, after two or three months, I realized that I'm lacking direct communication. So uh, my ideal uh, work schedule would be uh, like 80% from home and 20% meeting. Okay. The second question, your preference, you're going to a restaurant. Will you order the thing you always have? Or will you go for something completely new? Usually I go for the completely new stuff because uh, I like to experiment in taste. Uh, with one exception, if it's a new restaurant I've never been before and I find something I knew, I choose often this for comparison to rate <laughs> the <laughs> restaurant personally. I see. And the third one might be the hardest one. So what's your preference? German beer or French wine? What's a hard one, but I would say uh, I would enjoy more uh, French wine than German beer. Thank you. Let's take the last one for a little, uh, for a little while. Uh, French. Um, how is your French, by the way? Do you actually speak French? I speak a bit French. Uh, I have to admit, I, I was lazy in school, so I never had French. And uh, so uh, later in my business life, I had to take private lessons in French uh, to learn communication. Um, I'm, I'm asking because I, as far as I remember, you live not far from the French border. Um, am I right? Yeah, I'm in the southwestern part of Germany, so one and a half hour south of Frankfurt. And I have just 10, 10 minutes drive to be in France. And have you ever, you know, worked in France or in a French speaking country, perhaps? Yes, uh, you know, uh, I've been an IT freelancer for 25 years before I joined SoftServe. And one of my very first engagement was with a major telco, telco provider here in Germany, who had been recently bought by a French company. So there was French management and one of my early task was uh, to support in Paris in a laboratory to make software, get software running. But that reminds me also of an, of an anecdote you shared with me some time ago about working in Belgium, as far as I'm not, you know, wrong. Would you yeah. mind sharing it with, uh, with our audience? Yeah, working in Belgium, uh, that was 20 years ago. That was another big uh, Belgian telco provider. And, uh, I was there as a middleware consultant and I had a meeting with a software architect and the meeting was scheduled at 10 a.m. So as a one-time German, I was there at 9.59 mm -hmm. and I waited for 20 minutes and no one showed up. So after 20 minutes, I left the room and five minutes later, I got a very upset email from the software architect that he showed up at the meeting and I wasn't there. And there I learned that uh, being on time in Belgium is something completely different than in German. So they're a little bit more laid back regarding coming on time and meetings. And this was, I would say, 
the first big cultural experience, uh, which, uh, uh, which forced me to adapt a bit my German thinking to the customer and the mm -hmm. situation. Thank you for sharing. You know, I work as a communication consultant and also a part of my role is connected to culture. And I often, you know, I'm asked this question, uh, can culture be learned? In other words, these cultural differences, awareness, is it something that we can learn? Or is it actually something that it's some kind of an experience? What's your what's your take on that? I think it, it's mostly experience. And uh, what helps you is uh, that you have the awareness that there might be cultural differences. Because uh, if you're not aware of it, you just experience it. And when you start judging the people from the other culture, taking uh, what you think what is right and not taking into account that it might be just a different view to things. And to, to have a successful project, uh, you just uh, should respect the other culture and try to adapt or explain your behavior because it might be also the other way around that they judge you and they don't tell it. Yeah, Just experience it in the result that something is going wrong. Can you think of any other situations where you've had to adapt things? You said like this was me as a German person having to adapt to their, you know, their way of doing things. Yeah, when when coming first uh, to to Paris in in this in my very first contract, uh, I was uh, I was there for to solve a, a difficult technical problem, and what they, they wanted to do is talk and have lunch with me. Mm -hmm. and just socialize and i'm like oh we don't have time and we, we have to solve this problem and i well i'm here for the problem solver why can't we start and uh they were very astonished and said, we have to meet and there's no time for this now and uh, what they expected uh, is they are more relationship-based culture mm -hmm. so they first want to know people to socialize and uh, have a kind of understanding and, and and the sense for for the emotions and after that you can go to the difficult work and this is also this is something against i would say was something against my german principles i wanted to solve the issue and wanted mm -hmm. to be fast so this was a major driver and uh, in the end it turned out better stayed two weeks in paris i had a very great time but the problem solving part uh, from a project perspective was maybe 40%. The rest was just socializing, mm -hmm. which uh, gave me good relations uh, for, for the further projects within this company. So That's an interesting point. Expectations, right? And also how we view relationships and tasks. This can definitely yes. be different across cultures. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Germany is a real task-based culture. So you earn trust by doing good work. Mm -hmm. and so uh, in other, uh, in the in the French and also with the Belgian, or maybe more in the Eastern uh, parts of the world, uh, it's more about relation. So first relation and then task. So you have to adapt to this. And right. the difficult thing is if you're not aware of it. You just realize something is going wrong. 
awareness such a big such a big part thank you martin so um we've touched a lot on this culture part but i also remember you earlier on you said that you you used to work as a as a consultant and you used to drive a lot you know and so spend time working consulting for various clients uh, there is this song by um uh the british band and now I'm thinking, I, I remember the title, Try Walking in My Shoes, is the Depeche Mode. I'm not sure if you know mm -hmm. that song. Yeah. Great song That's, from the 80s. <laughs> yes, yes. Depeche Mode from the 80s, um, the southeast of England. Uh, if you go back in time, let's say 5, 10, 15 years back in time to your consulting career, what would your typical day or week look like if I wanted to walk in your shoes? You know, if I wanted to experience... Uh, what it was like for you? Yeah, um, this depended uh, where my actual client uh, resides. So I had clients in the areas of Frankfurt, Stuttgart, and Munich. Uh, so uh, if possible, I would commute. And usually I had to commute like one and a half or two hours uh, for one distance. So I got up early, like at 5, 5.30 and commuted to a client, had a, a eight to 10 hour day and then commute back. That's one thing. Or if a client is more abroad, uh, so for example, uh, Brussels is from my, my hometown, 400 kilometers away. So I commuted there on Sunday or Monday morning and stayed the week and returned for the weekend. So I also had a life living in hotels or rented apartments. A long time and what about visiting these these different companies because i suppose based on your contract you changed you know um people that you worked with was that also a big part of your you know experience yeah i usually had contracts between uh, six months to one and a half or two years and uh, this forced me to always adapt to a new environment and, and a new company which also means even if it's in the same culture every company is different depending on the size and how they behave or how they have set up their, their organization so you always start from scratch which is i would say the the first one or two weeks are always the hardest ones you, you know nobody you don't have access to any systems you you're expected to immediately jump into the cold water and, and give uh, valuable advice because that's what you paid for. And then uh, on top, there might come the cultural thing. Uh, so uh, working in multinational teams, you have people from the UK, you have often people from Eastern Germany or maybe even from India. So you have a mix of cultures and all are so-called so expert and you have to form a team in that and find your role in the team and work with them because you cannot solve the problems alone. This is a big, mm -hmm. big takeaway early. So even if you're an expert, you depend on the work of the other people, of the other experts. So you have a common goal. And this understanding uh, should be in the whole team, which is not often the case. So. So you have some fights and uh, struggles, mm -hmm. and everyone wants to be the leader. This is a challenge in this right. context. Right. Thank you for sharing. So it's, it seems to me like the first week or two of your consulting, let's say, experience with a new client were kind of critical in a way. 
What did you yes. do during that time to sort of, you know, read your audience, understand their culture? What what usually helped you? Yeah, asking a lot of questions. Is, so I'm from a personality, I'm more an introvert. So mm -hmm. I just go more on the observation part in the beginning. So I observed and asked a lot of questions. So questions about the culture questions. How do you solve this and that problem in the company to more the the, the business related things how how do you get access to the to the offices how do you log in what what is needed so all where can you go to lunch these these are all things to make give you comfortable in the new environment and just to expand your knowledge very fast so using questions as tool to help you with your um well paired with your observations right yeah so the question just uh, that you gain knowledge and the other thing is uh people like to to get, get asked questions so you show interest in them it's, so this is more personal thing that's a very good point and i think definitely questions as tools this is also a cultural thing, you know, I'm originally Polish and coming from this background, Central Eastern Europe, I noticed that this is also something that a lot of us have to learn. This uh, seeing questions as uh, as a tool to unlock your own curiosity, you know, I'm curious, I want to know, there's no such thing as a stupid question, right, there might be a stupid answer, but usually stupid questions give give clever answers. So. Yeah, so this asking questions and seeing them could be could be quite cultural. Yeah, um, you see, yeah, we, we, in, in the projects, uh, I was always more in the infrastructure and application side. So if you come to big enterprises, usually if you start there, it takes you two to three years to have an overview of the whole complexity of the systems. That's right. And, and you jump you called for a project uh, which is on the wrong path or is time critical and it, you have must need, have the ability to have an overview at least on the surface very quickly so without asking things you have no success that's the thing you, i learned very early it's, you can only survive if you ask, ask, and ask, and see yourself not not as the expert, as your customer sees you. That's maybe mm -hmm. that's also the point. Change the perspective a bit. Is this culture of curiosity, being willing to ask questions, is it a, a thing that's specific to you, or would you say this is let's call it a German thing in general? I would not say it's a German thing. I think it's also. It depends how you're raised and or if you experience different cultures early in your life. So I think living next to France and having the possibility to travel to other countries very early in my life helped a lot because you have a different other language and you just can observe that they do things differently. Mm -hmm. So you early start asking yourself, why is that? Is there a good or bad way? Why are they different? And so you come into the role of asking and adapting things mm -hmm. or just being open, I would say being open to change, except that uh, 
how you live or how your environment is is just uh, what you have at the time but there's no uh, better or worse it's just different see the difference in in everything this is something i learned right thanks for sharing it kind of reminds me this seeing new things and and and, and change reminds me of a phrase that i heard from someone uh not not a german person but who spent a lot of time living working in in germany who said that for many german people they see new things as dangerous um do, do you think that in the context of your work being a consultant observing were you able to see those you know bits or is it just a stereotype i would say there lies a bit truth in it mm -hmm. it's for for german culture things need to be organized so you're comfortable if you have your rules and there's a quote i often hear from my wife saying you're such a rule follower i say yes this is how <laughs> i was raised so i'm the guy who's uh, at uh, 3 a.m in the morning standing at a red traffic light not crossing except there's no traffic there so <laughs> um yeah and uh if you're comfortable in your rules and you know how something is organized you see change as a danger this, this is in in big enterprises it's, it's often for me the biggest change was uh when everyone wanted to go to agile work yeah, so changing mm -hmm. the method of and uh, changing the development cycle this was something which people really experienced as danger doing something now completely different and you have a lot of resistance in that and uh, you question uh, the method from the beginning and, and don't give it a try so i would say this is a I think a phenomenon all over the world, but especially in Germany, you have a bit resistance to change. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you for sharing. So I'm looking at the context, you know, we're talking a little bit about culture, things which might be specific to given cultures, your way of processing information, you know, observing, asking questions, adapting. And the, uh, you said it was 20, 25 years working as a consultant. Did I yes. hear that right? Um, I'm just curious, what, what made you change? You know, uh, last year, I guess you, you joined um, SoftServe. So that kind of big switch. Um, yeah, I just was approached by a clever uh, HR person from SoftServe, um, which just introduced me to interesting contact. So. And then uh, it turned out that uh, that the software I have never heard of before, and it's a multicultural company. So uh, working in a company with more than twelve thousand employees all over the world, so from US to to Europe to uh, Eastern Europe, just was felt like a challenge to me to do something mm -hmm. new. So. Um... To continue with that, um, I, I I like this question that I uh, that I you know ask people a lot. Uh, and we, again, we're talking about changes, adapting how we work, observing, learning things, asking questions. Martin, if you think about your career, um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Well, the best piece of advice I would say is that people matter. Because uh, being uh, like an independent consultant, so 
self-employed working on your own, you rely even more on people at the customer side because it, there's always a team. So I, I never was in a context where I had to do something completely on my own and the success relies on the people. So your, your success relies on your relation with other people and they really matter. And that's, um, I think also the, the, the difficult thing is uh, to find the right people mm -hmm. in the project. Uh, I was also in, in the situation in, in later time of my career that I had to choose people, to interview people where I felt very uncomfortable in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this process, I would say I learned that uh, the attitude of people is important, not the skills. Because skills you can always train and teach. So if we, if we come back, for example, this project mm -hmm. I had in, in Belgium, mm -hmm. it was in 2002, roughly. And uh, I was there for an interview uh, about middleware consulting. And uh, in the interview, it uh, turned out that uh, the customer expected much more knowledge from my side, which I actually had. But uh, I was asked a lot of how I would do things. So I gave my organizational approach. And in the end, I got the feedback that uh, Okay, your technical knowledge is not sufficient, but we expect you that you just go on a vendor course for two weeks to ramp it up. But we want to take you because of your organizational approach. So actually a culture thing mm -hmm. or a German culture thing. And this was very eye-opening for me, I would say. This is something about attitude and not about skills. Hiring, I, hiring for the mindset, maybe, or hiring yes, for the attitude? hiring for the mindset. Yeah. This is this, and uh, this is what say changed a lot in my thinking. Also, it's like, oh, that's interesting. They hire me for my mindset. <laughs> <laughs> Could be that. Yeah, so well, at that's... the time where no one was talking about something like mindset. This mm -hmm. is, I would say, a, a new term within the last five years, maybe. But this is really twenty years ago. But there is this part of, you know, culture, uh, again, um, from from one company to another, you know, there was a recent post on social media that I actually, um, on LinkedIn, that I read from a CEO of, a, it's a medium-sized, some kind of a business consulting firm. I think they're based either in the UK or in the US. And there was their CEO posting that message that he had to let one of his team go, one of the people from his core team or leadership team, just because this had broke some of the fundamental rules of um, of culture. And then, you know, he summed it up as, you know, we take our company culture very seriously and in a way, kindness and this respect to others is, is everything that defines us. And he said, I didn't like it, but I had to do. So, so yeah, some, some companies will take it very seriously. I think this is something which uh, changed, I would say in the last five to 10 years, but culture is also seen in big enterprises. I think it's something which came up also within the startup scene where they just introduced a new way of working together. And this is now evolving slowly, even in more traditional enterprises. But it's mm -hmm. a good thing. Well, and so to kind of recap or to wrap up, you know, our, um, our episode slowly, 
we've talked again about culture, your experience. I have a feeling that um, this curiosity and this openness or this not being afraid of trying things out, these are kind of some of your characteristics. Um, am I am I far away from the truth or? Yeah, I would say so. It's absolutely right. Looking at that, if you had, if 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 I were a, a younger person, less experienced, and I was on a team with you, right? Maybe the same project or anything. What would I be able to learn from you in that regard? I think uh, you would learn that uh, other opinions matter. I think this is something uh, I often see that uh, people think their their solution is the right one, and they come up into arguing. Or people, uh, if they're more introvert, they just uh, revert themselves and, and don't talk, but f just follow their way. And uh, it's this is a critical thing uh, to to be able to don't see don't be upset if someone else. Uh, supports another solution or just or criticizes your solution and so finding together as a team a solution working on on that this is I would say one of the major things thank you thank life. you for sharing um so martin i've asked you about this uh um, this book that we both have read the culture map by aaron mayer um by the way for anybody great resource if you're interested in uh cultural differences in the world of business um i'm just interested what what was your main takeaway um from 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 that book my main takeaway is a topic about persuading which shows the difference between a principle first and an application first culture but so Martin, made for our listeners who might not be um you know maybe aware of those terms what does that mean actually maybe you could introduce it yeah application first means uh, you have a way of doing something uh and then you just explain this way over and over again and principle first means you just uh, explain how you come come to a solution. So uh, to give this more in a context, uh, mm -hmm. in, in Germany, in elementary school, when you taught mathematics, uh, it's shown how you come to the solution. So for example, uh, calculate the diameter of a circle with a with this number pi. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of time spent to explain how do you come to this number pi that you could calculate it by yourself. So this goes for weeks. And once this is explained, they, in the end, they come up with a simple formula about the circle and everything. And then you start using the formula. And then you start using a formula. And before you didn't understand the whole process, you're not allowed to use formulas. And this is in everything, in every topic in mathematics. You have it like this. and. Uh, if you compare it, for example, to the US, they immediately start with a formula. They teach you how to use this formula, that you're able to use the formula in the mm -hmm. correct way. And so if you now giving this to a business context. That's it, right, because that's a, that's interesting how this translates, right? How this translates if you have a presentation to a client in Germany and you come up with a solution, you have to spend a lot of time explaining the problem and how you come to a solution so that everyone can follow your process of thinking and then might reflect on the solution or ask critical questions mm -hmm. 
And if you don't do this, if you immediately come, this is our solution, this is how we do it, you get a lot of resistance and it will not work. So the way uh, you make business in the US compared to the way you make business in Germany in, in this topic really differs and you need to be aware of it. So in software, we have a lot of presentations which come from this US mindset. Mm -hmm. And you need to adapt this a bit. So I had held workshops with clients where I just took the US version and added a kind of German intro or outro and uh, switching the path the presentation was giving. And this was a, in the end a success. So I said, okay, you really have to be aware that there are different cultures or ways. This was a big eye opener for me. Mm -hmm. Well, it's also reflected, this is an interesting part, it's also reflected in the rules of the English language, right? Uh, if you think about the English language and the way we, for example, write paragraphs, there is a rule that says that, you know, the first sentence or two of your paragraph should be, should contain your topic sentence. In other words, at the beginning, you should already give your reader um, some kind of a summary of the main points. Whereas, yeah. for example, I think in Polish culture, which is like the German culture, much more, you know, principle based, we would prefer to give people context and then slowly lead them to the end. And then the end, the last paragraph, that will be the conclusion, right? Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the thing, uh, even if I have to explain something to my US counterparts, mm -hmm. I have to change the thinking or that uh, how mm -hmm. they do it, or they expect to do it. And uh, if you then come to German clients or you speak with Polish guys, it's a bit different. This is, uh, this is a big challenge in multicultural communication. It is. It is. But I think, yeah, what, what you said, it's a word we've used today, um, uh, expectations. So I think definitely different cultures will have different expectations. And this is about how we yeah, present, how we persuade how we give feedback as well, right? Or how we build good relationships, your stories, you know, about the French or the Belgian culture and the German way. So just being aware of these expectations and not being afraid and actually adopting maybe a different way or finding that middle way as well. This could be, you know, some of the, the obvious truth, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. But you, uh, being a uh, lifelong learner helps also in this. Mm -hmm. So let's let's keep this as a as our final takeaway for today. Lifelong learning, right? Learning does doesn't stop at schools. Doesn't matter whichever school system you went to. We can always learn and be be curious. Uh, you know, cultures are um, are very different. They don't have to be dangerous. And I think we can definitely learn a lot from from experienced folks. We've been um, chatting to Martin Graber. Martin, thank you a lot uh, for, for, for being on the podcast and, and sharing your, your stories and anecdotes um, about how important it is to be curious, to ask questions, to observe and to adapt. You know, cultures, cultures are so different, not, not only on the national level, even the organizational level, right? So again, thank you. Thank you for, um, um, for, your, uh, for your answers and for being here. Thanks everybody for being here with us. Make sure you check out other episodes of the People Tech and Other Weirdness podcast. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, also Apple and Google Podcasts. Or if you're interested in uh, my episodes, uh, connect uh, via LinkedIn. I'll be uh, definitely curious to hear your thoughts. Thanks for being here with us.